0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 17th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore omd. On today's episode, we'll recap the Magic's win over the Utah Jazz from Saturday night. Orlando sweeping their pair of games in Mexico City. And then we'll take a little stock of where the team is at this season, talk a little bit about some of the ugly ways that they've won, what that means for the team moving forward, and begin to think a little bit about what it means moving ahead as Orlando now gets a couple of home games. Well, not a couple of home games. They get one home game, then they go on the road, then they get a couple of home games, Uh, as they they get to take some time and some stock at home here until the beginning of the new year. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by going on iTunes and searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a Locked On Podcast covering the magic with the excruciating detail that I cover the magic with, there's a Locked On Podcast covering every team in the NBA. The San Antonio Spurs are next on the schedule. My pal Jeff Garcia does a great job covering the San Antonio Spurs on Locked On Spurs. Our team, the very interesting team right now, going through a little bit of their own turmoil at the moment. Looking to get a, a lowdown on the whole league in its entirety, Locked On NBA gives you the national perspective that you are looking for as well. Check out all the great podcasts. Every NBA team is covered, inclu- and there are also NFL teams, MLB teams, and college teams as well. You can do, find them all on iTunes. Just search for Lockdown and the team you are looking for. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team. Every day. Through three quarters on Saturday night, the Orlando Magic were terrible. 55 points. They had 11 turnovers in the first quarter. It was about as bad as the team could play. They looked like they were on vacation. They looked like they were struggling still with the altitude. It looked like They weren't really engaged with the game. Even defensively, even though Utah was not scoring the ball effectively, they were getting a lot of open shots. And it just never had the feel that the Magic were going to pull away and win that one. Utah was the one that actually started to take the lead and pull away, going up by as much as 10 points in the third quarter. But the fourth quarter was a thing of beauty for Orlando. Orlando. Really somewhat on both ends, despite the amount of points Utah scored in that quarter. Orlando finished with 41 points in the third quarter. That's right. Nearly destroying their output in the first three quarters. Terrence Ross suddenly became a flamethrower, hitting every shot around the basket. Nikola Vucevic was a defensive ace, gobbling up every rebound and repelling shots in the paint. And all of a sudden, Orlando's execution and shot-making came alive. The Orlando Magic ran past the Utah Jazz thanks to their passing, thanks to their ball movement, thanks to their player movement, thanks to all the things that they need to win games. And against, yes, a struggling, but still very good Utah Jazz team. Orlando played only one real good quarter of basketball. And won. Again, essentially on the road. The Orlando Magic defeat the Utah Jazz 96-89 in their final game in Mexico City, becoming the first team since the NBA started regularly playing regular season games in Mexico City in 2017, the first team to sweep those pair of games. It wasn't pretty. Teams combined to score 28 points, 14-14, after one quarter. The Magic, again, only had 55 points after three quarters. If this was the example of basketball that the, that the NBA was sending to the world, it was not good basketball. But despite Orlando's shortcomings, some, some foul trouble in the third quarter, turnovers throughout the game, despite those shortcomings, the Magic found a way. That's no small feat. That's no small task to find a way to make wins happen. It's not an easy thing to do. And yet the Magic did it once again, just like they did it Thursday night against Chicago, just like they've done throughout the season. Yeah, it was the kind of game where a lot was still left to be desired. Orlando still has a lot to learn and a lot of growing to do. This team still has to come together in a very meaningful way. Yet, somehow, they found a way to win. Give credit to all the usual characters. Evan Fournier, keeping the team afloat through the first three quarters with his offense, especially in the first quarter when he had 10 points. 10 of the Magic's 14 points. Nikola Vucevic for... His great rolling and shot-making toward the end of the game. Finding a way, finding the rhythm that he needed after struggling against Rudy Gobert for much of the contest. Finding a way to contribute, even though his scoring was not working. And of course, Terrence Ross, seemingly the hero of every fourth quarter these days. Just making shots when the team needed a little bit of a boost and a little bit of a spark to, to wake itself into attention. It's not good that the Magic needed that much time. That's a lesson they have to learn still. The Magic have a lot of lessons they need to learn still. But it's also fair to say, it's more than fair to say in fact, that the Magic are winning games they shouldn't win. The Magic are winning games they wouldn't have won last year or the year before or the year before that. They're learning lessons while winning something that Stan Van Gundy talked a lot about when he was a coach of the Orlando Magic. And that counts for something too. The Orlando Magic are back to 14 and 15. They've ended this long road stretch where they've played an insane amount of games on the road. They finished it roughly 500. They started off this stretch 9-9, and and now they're 14-15. And And they get a few home games, a couple of games that they should win against teams that aren't over five hundred, to start building that resume back up. And that'll be important. But Saturday night, they took care of business, one way or another. It doesn't matter how they do it. I think I said this after Thursday's game. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. Sure, the Magic still have to figure out how to win the right way and do the right things more consistently over a longer period of time so they can beat the good, the better teams. You break down the Magic's record, they're really good against teams under 500. I think they're nine and three against teams under 500, something crazy like that. In fact, I should probably look that up to make sure I have it right. Because they're playing really good basketball and beating the teams they should. That's a start. Almost certainly that's a start in fact the magic are nine and two against teams below 500 just five and 13 against teams 500 and above again that's a start they're beating the teams they should and it's no coincidence then that they're in eighth place in the Eastern Conference tied for the Southeast division lead with Charlotte Hornets And just a game out of sixth, held by the Detroit Pistons at 14 and 13. Granted, they're only a game up on the Miami Heat, who sit in ninth. So, yeah, there's still a long way to go in this season. There's still a lot of work to do. But Friday night or Saturday night, Orlando found a way, and that will serve them well too. It's not a skill we should ignore, a skill we should demonize, a skill that we should be unhappy with. Yes, Orlando needs to do a lot of things better. They cannot turn the ball over at the rate that they turned it over on Saturday night. They can't go that long without making shots consistently, without finding a rhythm, because Orlando did a lot of things they do when they struggle offensively. The ball did not move. Players did not move. And it should have probably cost them that game. Credit to Orlando's defense for sticking up and and playing so well in both these games in Mexico City. Despite some troubles, despite some rough spots, Orlando's defense stuck with it and, and stepped up in big moments. The Magic won these games late. Again, another good sign, another good positive sign, despite the fact that they have to continue to improve and continue to get better. Orlando is taking the right steps and seems to be getting themselves out of the rut that they've been in, where they've lost now seven of the last 12 games, including the two that they just won in Mexico City. And so, I mean, with two wins, you can't call this anything more than a successful trip. It was a successful trip. The Magic won games. They gutted it out. They gritted it out. And they did it again Saturday night against the Jazz, winning 96-89. to
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's run through that final box score for you real fast, just to get a, a brief glimpse of how the team played. Not, uh, the Orlando Magic defeating the Utah Jazz 96-89. to 89. Um, Really just, the box score is not pretty. Orlando does end up shooting 47.2% from the floor. 11 for 24 from beyond the arc. They get to the line 20 times, 17 of 20 from the foul line. Evan Fournier actually 8 of 10 from the foul line. So Orlando did do several good things in this game. Let's 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 not completely say the offense was bad. And certainly fourth quarter when Orlando scored 41 points a definite sign of, of, of just how much that offense broke out uh, after the first three quarters. But it was ugly until then. Orlando was shooting in the 30%, if not a little bit lower for much of the game. Uh, and, and it was not pretty, and, and I think the uh, stat lines will, will show that. Evan Fournier, though, was consistent throughout. 24 points, 7 for 15 shooting. Again, 8 for 10 from the foul line, 7 rebounds for him. He scored 10 points in the first quarter to kind of really get the, try and keep the magic afloat. And really, that was his job all game. Um, He wasn't as big in the fourth quarter. He made some shots in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to say that he didn't. But he was much bigger in helping keep the team afloat throughout the first three quarters. Uh, Really the only guy that was scoring consistently for the team. Uh, And, you know, the Magic needed that shooting. They needed it because a lot of guys were not playing well. I mean, Jonathan Isaac missed all three of his shots. Aaron Gordon was three for seven uh, on the game, eight points, six turnovers as well, just really, really struggling. I mean, honestly, with Aaron Gordon, it felt like he was trying to force things, just trying to get to the basket and will his way to the basket and just got caught again and again and again. Had a tough matchup guarding Derek Favors, um, so he got drawn into some foul trouble there, but really a lot of his fouls were just him trying to force things and trying to make things happen, And, and, and Gordon... You know, I I think some fans have been frustrated with his inconsistency, which is more than fair after the contract that he signed. I think he's still trying to find his way within the offense, being a team player, uh, and, and trying to to you know figure out when to look for his own and when to to help and facilitate and move. And and honestly, the assists that he had, the seven assists that he had Thursday night, were a sign of that as much as the six turnovers were a sign of him still trying to do a little too much sometimes. But I generally think it's in a positive way. I I don't think he's being selfish. He isn't. Getting into that over-dribbling boat that he got into last year, he isn't taking a lot of bad shots. He still has his heat check shots, just like Evan Fournier still has his heat check shots, which just make you wonder what the heck he is doing. But overall, um, I, I really like what, Evan, what, what Aaron Gordon is doing. Uh, even with six turnovers, I thought he did, did some good things as well. But back to Evan Fournier, just again, kept the magic afloat uh, when they needed him to. Nikola Vucevic, 15 points, 5 for 14 shooting, 19 rebounds, 5 assists for him, 2 blocks as well. Um, Vucevic, the Magic tried to get Vucevic in the post, and I thought a lot of their turnovers early were because Utah was switching a lot, and they were trying to, and the and the Magic saw mismatches, that like Aaron Gordon being guarded by Ricky Rubio, or um, Joe Ingles guarding Nikola Vucevic. The Magic had these legitimate mismatches that they were trying to take advantage of, and I felt like Orlando stopped their offense to try and just dump it into the post, and it, it really disrupted their rhythm. And and you know Nikola Vucevic struggled a little bit with some of the smaller players on him. Um, the match just couldn't get him the ball cleanly in those situations. But most importantly, he really struggled with Rudy Gobert on him when Gobert was guarding him. Vucevic was just not able to get to his spots or get to his shots particularly well. Um, Orlando was better when they put him on the perimeter. Against Gobert and freed up the paint for others, um, so, he, so they could pass the ball a little bit better. Vucevic though was was fantastic defensively, as as much as he struggled offensively, and Vucevic made some some good shots in the fourth quarter, just like everyone else did. But when when he was struggling offensively, he he really stepped up his defensive game. I was really impressed with his defense all game long. His rebounding, of course, was fantastic, as those numbers suggest. Um, rarely got beat out of position. Uh, was was really good contesting drives and forcing tough shots. And, and he's, again, taken a huge step up defensively. There's, there's no denying that at this point. And um, really did a good job uh, just kind of dominating the game in that sense. So, you know, Nikola Vucevic didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but played uh, really, really well overall. Uh, DJ Augustin, 11 points, five assists, four turnovers, four for eight shooting, two for three from beyond the arc. The four turnovers, of course, the big one, uh, again, so many guys had turnovers in this game. Aaron Gordon, six, DJ Augustin, four, Jonathan Simmons, three. That's how you get 22 turnovers. You have a lot of guys with a lot of turnovers. Um, but Augustin, you know, once he settled in, in the fourth quarter in the second half, the magic got better. I mean, he struggled a lot in the first half with turnovers. Um, just kind of, again, trying to force things a little bit too much. Um, you know, Utah did a good job blitzing him a little bit, uh, but overall, you know, just he like everyone else, when he woke up and snapped to attention in the fourth quarter, uh, he was a lot better uh, in the end. Um, Terrence Ross off the bench, the bench really had a good game overall. I mean, uh, for for the most part, Terrence Ross, 19 points, eight for nine shooting, three for three from beyond the arc, two steals. Uh, Ross. Did what he does. Came around screens, came out firing, made shots, and it just energized the whole team. When he's making shots, I mean, A, they're tough shots to defend because he's coming around screens a lot and just firing. He's got such a quick release. Um, it it just becomes really tough to defend this Magic team because he's just able to make shots and take shots from anywhere on the floor. Um, And he's looking for those shots. And the Magic won him looking for those shots. So, you know, he has a bad game like he did, I think, Thursday night. He he struggled a little bit from the floor. He was going to have a game like this. And so he had a really good game. And that spark in the fourth quarter really energized the Magic and got them to to, to play at the level that they need to play at and got them to play... um, uh, at a high level, and again, you score 41 points after, in the fourth quarter after scoring 55-3, something sparked in you. Another big spark was Mo Bamba, actually. Nine points, 3-7 for seven shooting, only four rebounds, but Mo Bamba provided a lot of energy. Uh, he had four blocks in the game, which is humongous. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about with Mo Bamba and his potential to, to protect the rim. Um, but he was really smart, especially in the second half with his offensive looks. Wasn't trying to force things. I mean, I think he's gotten a lot more confident with his jumper. He calls for the ball on screen and rolls a little bit more now. Um, but he had that nice dribble move past Rudy Gobert and finish. Um, he was really good around the basket and just really good overall for the team uh, on both ends once he settled in after a struggle in his first stint in the game. Um, you know, Mobamba. Bamba, I, I, I think I've said this numerous times when I've analyzed his game, He's still really young and really raw, and, and he's a little more refined than that. I, I know there's a debate going on about, about how you define raw, but he he's going to come and go. You know, he, he's going to have stretches where he looks really good and stretches where he looks really bad, and sometimes it'll happen in the same game. That's that's what happened here. The Magic are sticking with him. They know what kind of impact he can have, um, but tonight, uh, Saturday night was the kind of game that he looked really good, and, and he certainly made a very positive contribution. Once again, Orlando shoots 47.2% from the floor, 11 for 24 from beyond the arc. Again, a lot of that in the third quarter, but it's really the work defensively the Magic did. The Jazz shoot just 31.5% from the floor, 7 for 29 from beyond the arc. They do give up 28 free throws, which is a big reason why Utah was able to pull away. Donovan Mitchell finishes with 24 points, but just 8 of 21 shooting. Good credit to Evan Fournier for some great defense on Donovan Mitchell throughout the game. Mitchell did get going. In the second quarter, that helped the Jazz take a little bit of a lead. And in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, he was a non-factor. Joe Ingles, only 8 points, 2 for 11 shooting. Derek Favors at 21 points. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 6 points, 13 rebounds. Ricky Rubio, 15 points, 4 assists. But Utah, off the bench, just not a lot of shooting. Um, Off their bench, they're 5 for 21 uh, from their bench. So the Magic were able to beat them on the bench. Magic were able to beat them um, pretty much anywhere they want pretty much any with anything in the fourth quarter. And once that momentum was going, Orlando had them beat. The Magic win their second game in a row. They sweep the two games in Mexico City with a 96-89 victory over the Utah Jazz on Saturday. Orlando next in action Wednesday night against the San Antonio Spurs. That's right, in the Amway Center.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: I know I I sit here usually after the first West Coast road trip and tell you that this is a big moment for the team. That that we're going to learn a lot about the magic in that first West Coast road trip. And, And I think you can do this at various points in the season where, where there are stretches in the schedule that you can see in August and September that you point to and say that that stretch is going to determine the season that stretch is going to tell us a lot about this team, especially a young developing team like the Magic how they handle a little bit of adversity how they handle a difficult run through the schedule that tells you a lot about the character of a team. And I know I sat here before the Magic started that West Coast road trip because I do that before every, West, before every December West Coast road trip. And I said, this next stretch, the next 20 or so days, is going to tell us a lot about the Orlando Magic and who they are and whether they can compete in the playoffs. Because that stretch this year was particularly daunting, was different than anything else. After Saturday heading into Saturday's game, Orlando had spent 17 of the last 23 days on the road. Started with a 6-game road trip that began in Denver, traveled to Go- to Los Angeles to play the Lakers, then to Golden State in Portland, finally in Phoenix before coming home for a few days to travel to Miami, then to play the Nuggets at home, then to get a second home game against, I'm blanking on the schedule again, against the Pacers, and then back on the road to play Dallas, and then the two Mexico City home games. It's a lot of days on the road. 17 of the last 23 days on the road. And it didn't help. The Magic were in a stretch before Mexico City, where they'd lost 7 of their previous 10. The Magic started this stretch at 9-9. Essentially, Still breaking even. Magic fans were encouraged. And the Magic indeed went out West and played admirably. That first leg of that West Coast road trip, they were 3-3. and Getting a nice win over the Lakers and the Heat. Eking one out against the Suns. And yes, losing big leads against the Blazers and the Warriors. There were some losses, and those losses were frustrating. But still plenty of reason to be a little bit encouraged. Of course, the Nuggets loss was frustrating at home. Blowout losses of the Pacers and Mavericks brought more questions than answers. And the Mexico City games were struggles, to say the least. Orlando has still lost 7 of their last 12 games. But in this stretch of 17, 17 days on the road in the last 23 days, Orlando went 5-6. and six. They started that stretch tied for 8th in the East tied for 7th in the East. They end that stretch, tied for 7th in the East. From a pure record standpoint, from a pure progress standpoint, that has to be considered a victory. These are usually the stretches where the Magic season goes away. It tanks, for lack of a better term. And we begin in earnest, watching the college prospects. Certainly with the losses the Magic had to the Nuggets on the road, to the Pacers at home, to the Mavericks on the road, it felt like the bottom might fall out. But that's not really who this team is. If there's been one defining characteristic about this team throughout the course of the season so far, and the one thing that we can say definitively that we've learned about the Magic through 29 games, it's that this team will continue to fight. They don't, for the most part, let defeats linger. They don't hang their head too low. And Even when they're struggling in the midst of a game, they find a way to keep fighting. Or maybe that's what we like to tell ourselves. Because if I had to tell you the truth, while that characteristic is certainly more pronounced than in previous years about this team, there's still plenty of signs that that's not quite where this team is at yet. They did get blown out at Dallas. They did get blown out at home against Indiana, allowing frustration from the previous game to linger. They did blow an 18-point lead to the Golden State Warriors. Yes, Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson are amazing, but that should not have been a loss. They did lose another double-digit lead against the Portland Trailblazers in the next game. When you look at the team statistics, they're still ranked 24th in the league in offensive rating. They're 13th in defensive rating. This is a pretty good defensive team. But they're not quite where Steve Clifford wants them to be yet. On either end. And who knows if they'll actually get there. Now, while I think we can say that the team has shown flashes of those desirable qualities, they still show flashes of the teams that we fear, that Magic fans fear, of the last six years, the scars of the last six years, so to speak. And while this road stretch is extremely difficult and, and, and this is where those scars come out they did come out. Just as the good came out the bad came out. And so the question remains who is this team really? What is this team's identity? Who will they ultimately become? And what can they ultimately accomplish and achieve? I think a lot of those questions are still very open-ended as we exit this stage of the season. That maybe that conceit that, that, I, that I know I've created to take stock of where the team is at isn't quite true. We do know a little bit about this team. We know who the key players are. Nikola Vucevic is playing at an all-star level and is absolutely vital to everything this team does. Aaron Gordon is, uh, Terrence Ross is a flamethrower, scoring seemingly at will and buoying that bench unit. Aaron Gordon has rediscovered a lot of his defensive mojo. All the while, though, both he and Evan Fournier have shown plenty of offensive inconsistency that cannot continue for this team to be successful in the long run. If you ask me what it is the Magic do well, do at a playoff level even perhaps, I still don't think I have my finger on that yet. I like their motion offense. I think that they run a a fun, energetic offense when they're playing it well. But it still feels like they're just as likely to come out stagnant without that ball movement, without that player movement. And look like one of the worst offenses in the league. If not the worst offense in the league. The duality of this team has not gone away. It still exists. And it still feels very frustrating to watch. This next stretch for the Orlando Magic where they play five of their next six games at home will say a lot about this team too. It's a chance for a little bit of growth. It's a chance to... Show that they can take care of business as they seemingly have done all year long. Especially because a lot of these games are against teams that have below 500 records, are against teams that the Magic should beat if they want to be a playoff team. And of course, home games and the chance to defend your home floor is where you bank and build up cachet and build up wins for the tough times ahead cuz don't look ahead too far the magic's road trip to start off 2019 in Jan- january is a doozy these are tough stretches in the schedule the magic have handled their first t- tough stretch in the schedule admirably and well if anything they have shown they can manage that that they can limit losing streaks they can find ways to win games and gut out victories They do have that fight in them. But it doesn't feel like it's taken firm root yet. Signs of the bad still persist. Steve Clifford has done a magnificent job so far this year, I have to say. And the results certainly are a big reason why. But the one thing that I think Steve Clifford deserves a lot of credit for is trying, is really trying to change the team's culture from the top to the bottom to the outside. His post-game tirades, which have happened far too often this year, I personally feel, are directed as much toward the players as they are to the fans. It's a message to fans, to the media, to anyone to hold this team to a higher standard. To not accept moral victories, to to not accept being close enough, to demand that they get the job done. And that's a powerful statement. I don't think even Scott Skiles really did that. Not in the forceful way that, that Clifford is. And certainly, you know, Skiles had plenty of success too, at least until January. The Magic, then, are still waiting for this, are still trying to get this culture to take root. They've glommed onto it. They are giving it an earnest effort. But it's not second nature yet. And Maybe that takes time. Maybe we're taking stock too early. As as Clifford has said, he wants to see the team progressively get better. So maybe we just, maybe this isn't the time to take stock. This is the time to say, we got through this phase of the schedule, now let's get through the next. Let's keep building and keep winning to get through the next. Maybe that's the approach we need to take. But at least for me, at this stage of the season, it's hard to say, it's hard to say who this team really is yet. It's hard to say what they can truly hang their hat on. This is still a team searching for an identity, searching for, most importantly, consistency. And maybe that's the next big thing this team has to learn and grow with in the next at least six games and probably the next 12 to 15. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You of course, find me on Twitter at philipr-omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find again find me again on Twitter at philipr-omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We've already begun thinking about the trade deadline a little bit. We surveyed some of the point guards who might be available in the upcoming trade market as the trade market is now officially open for business. Well, it's always been open for business, but now it's open for everyone. It's hard to explain. I'm sure I'll get into it a little bit more as we get a little bit closer to the deadline. But until then, we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.